Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. And yeah, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. We bring in, as always, CBS Sports and CBSSports.com, CBS Sports HQ's Jamie Eisenberg to the show as we get ready for the second week of the fantasy football season. Jamie, thanks again for coming on the show, and happy Football Friday to you. Appreciate you coming on. Oh, Thanks for having me as always, Craig. I appreciate it. All right, uh, before we get to this week, let's uh, take a quick look back at what happened last night, Jamie. The, the uh, result, a little bit surprising, I think, from both uh, reality and fantasy where the uh, man, the Panthers were huge favorites in that game, seven-point favorites. The weather was obviously bad early, but as you alluded to on social media last night, uh, man, I mean, Cam Newton, without using his legs, that fantasy value has to plummet, and I would suppose that at this point, not to overreact through two games, but you got to at least start thinking about maybe some other quarterback options. Is that fair? I think so. You know, it's one of those situations where we'll see what happens coming out of week two. You know, we're still two weeks away from the bye week, so next week will be one week away from the bye week. So, you know, you may want to start making preparations in in terms of that for the rest of your roster, which makes it hard to necessarily carry two quarterbacks. But I do think that, you know, if there is a bounce-back spot for him, it's 10 days off facing a Cardinals defense that most likely is going to get beat up by Lamar Jackson, which would be two weeks in a row of the opposing quarterback doing some damage. So the hope would be is that Cam kind of does the self-reflection that he typically does when he's struggling. You know, you get the quotes of a lion's going to be a lion, you know, things of that nature, and that we do see him get back to being the quarterback that makes him great, not only for fantasy but also for the Panthers. So the telling thing was the play at the end, you know, that they need a half yard and they don't let him sneak. Uh, How comfortable do they feel with him from a health standpoint? If he's not right, then clearly it's an easy guy to move on from. But, you know, he's one of those quarterbacks that we've seen in the past couple years ago got off to a slow start and then was just awesome the rest of the way. So I would just caution dropping him. But, you know, if we have another strong game from Matthew Stafford, from Derek Carr, who I think is going to you know, get a lot of garbage time against the Chiefs, uh, Josh Allen, who I think will play well against the, the Giants and then get the Bengals next week, you know, there's going to be some quarterbacks that you may consider pivoting to, and that may not be a mistake. Yeah, Newton yesterday, uh, 24 for 50. So less than 50% completion percentage. He did get you 300 yards and salvage your day, but he was also sacked three times. Uh, were you surprised, Jamie, that McCaffrey didn't have a, a great game against uh, Tampa Bay? I know that there's going to be a lot of owners that are going to be panicking going into the weekend, hoping they get some good performances from some of their other guys. This was probably the first dud for McCaffrey in a year. Uh, and hopefully the last. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised. You know, he was my number one running back. You know, I mean, you would have looked at any of my DFS lineups for Thursday night. You know, he was either the MVP or, or, or in the flex spot. You know, it's hard to build a DFS lineup for that game and not include him. Um, so I wouldn't panic on, on McCaffrey, you know, just because we saw how awesome he could be in week one. And, look, every running back's going to have some duds along the way. And I think we may have to start revisiting that the Tampa Bay defense is not a free space anymore. You know, Todd Bowles is doing some wonderful things with uh, a lot of guys that you probably don't recognize. And Devin White leaving that game last night, you know, you would have thought, okay, here it goes for, for McCaffrey. But this is now two weeks in a row where they 
you know, sort of limited the San Francisco run game. Obviously, Tevin Coleman getting hurt had something to do with that. But two weeks in a row of them, you know, stifling an opposing running attack. And, you know, maybe this is the, the type of defense they're going to be moving forward. Now, uh, on the Tampa side of things, they get the win. But from a fantasy perspective, uh, the only player to get excited about was probably Chris Godwin. And I'm surprised, Jamie, with all of the, the reporting and all of the locker room access that you've had through the years that you really bought that Ronald Jones was going to get a lot of carries. I saw you tweet out last night, I guess Ronald Jones isn't getting a lot of carries. I mean, you can't believe any of these coaches ever, Jamie. I mean, honestly, Peyton Barber, 23 carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown. I think this running back situation is going to be a mess all season with them. Uh, yeah, I agree. You know, and at some point we may get the Dario Gumbawale game, you know, where yeah. they throw the ball to him, you know, seven or eight times and he breaks one for a touchdown. Uh, it's it's a messy backfield. You know, look, Ronald Jones was really good in, in the first week from where he came from because just a terrible rookie season, as we're all well aware. And then he comes out week one against San Francisco and goes 13 for 75 and, you know, shows some things that look like there, there's an ability there that can translate to being a quality NFL running back. And, you know, coaches are stubborn. You know, Peyton Barber was – you know, kind of grinding his way along in the beginning of the game. Then he had the one, you know, run to, to, to score the touchdown. And then it was like, okay, he's actually breaking some runs and, and being, you know, uh, successful here. So uh, I, I agree. I think it's going to be messy. You know, I, I'm not going to cut Ronald Jones just yet, you know, just because he had the one bad performance. But until we get to the bye weeks and you're stuck, you're probably not starting a Tampa Bay running back. Yeah, Mike Evans uh, disappointing through two weeks, four catches, uh, 61 yards. Uh, do I see O.J. Howard had nothing yesterday? I'm trying to find here a stat. He had, for him. He had no, no, no targets officially. He did have one pass thrown in his direction. That was he was actually called for offensive pass interference himself. Um, you know, so this is another situation where I'm going to give it one more week before I really hit the panic button. It's been obviously awful through two games, but they get the the, um, the Giants next week, and the Giants traditionally have been really bad against tight ends. It started in week one also where they gave up the two touchdowns to Witten and Jarwin. So mm. if he comes out of week three with a poor performance, then I'm really going to be worried. But uh, it, was, it was just a, a disaster for him. The, the, two, the two worst players fantasy-wise were, you know, Mike Evans, you could sort of say it was going to be a tough game for him because he struggled against the Panthers, but, you know, still had eight targets. You could feel comfortable with that. He's a great by-low candidate. But to see what Howard did and see what Cam Newton did, those are the two troubling ones. Yeah, I mean, for me, Jamie, it's just, it's Winston, you know. Like, they, if they scale back the playbook like they did yesterday and win games, they'll take that all season long, trying to play good defense, running a little bit. And that's, that's worrisome, but... Honestly, Jamie, I mean, you saw this guy play for the last five years. I, I don't, I don't see any any improvement with him at all. I, I, I will say this: I spoke to Carson Palmer earlier in the week, and he played for Bruce Arians. You know, he's been around the league before he got to Arians when they were mm-hmm. together in Arizona. And the one thing he told me was, "Give it three or four weeks, and then you're going to see a lot of 350 and three type of okay. game." All right. So I, I'll, I'll just go back to the Giants game next week. The Giants do not have a good defense. We saw Dak Prescott light them up. I think Josh Allen's going to have a good game. And so again, I totally understand. Like where you're coming from, where the fantasy player is coming from, you can't keep losing your fantasy matchup because your quarterback stinks. But if he does come out, like I wouldn't cut him just yet, but if he comes out of the Giants game with a strong performance, then you say, okay, maybe 10 days, he got another, uh, you know, uh, 10 days in the classroom, 10 days of practice, and he comes out of that Giants game with a strong performance, you could buy back into it. Because there's just too much talent with Evans and Godwin and Howard for him to fail, and I think that's what we're going to see moving forward. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, 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 a, it's an intelligent take always in fantasy and reality. Week one in the NFL is always the biggest overreaction. Week two is a little bit of a regression to the norm. And then week three, you figure out who your guys are. I mean, at that point, you have three-week sample. It's still 20% or 15% of the fantasy season. You can't ride your team into the ground. You can't also get too high if that's the way that it works. So I think that's a good take, certainly, by you. Uh, back to Jones here for a minute. Jamie, in all of the years that we have played fantasy, and you're going back uh, 20 years, 25 years of being an expert in the field, I don't ever... 
is that is that how long it was? was it long? Is it longer than that? Is it forty years? No, have, you, no, no. <laughs> have you been have you been a little league coach longer than you've been a fantasy analyst? That's the question. Uh, uh, no, I've been a fantasy analyst longer than that. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Okay, back back to our old days doing TV. Um, okay, so here, here's the you got me off track. Here's the point that I'm trying to make. In all of the years that we've done this, has there ever been a worse running back class than what we saw last year? I mean, you have. Barkley, who is an absolute stud, bona fide, number one overall pick for many years to come in fantasy. Who is number two of that entire class? Who's the second best running back out of that class, Jamie, in, in fantasy, in reality, in anything? I, I Year after year, I know there's, oh, there's always going to be, and it's true, there's always going to be this running back that comes out of nowhere, that's a rookie, that ends up, who's the guy from last year? I don't see any. That's a great question. You know, Now I'm trying to think of all the guys that are in the class. Let uh, me help you. Uh, Ronald Jones... Royce Freeman, Lindsey had a good year undrafted. Who knows this year? Oh, bro, Penny, he's a stud. Darius Geis, I, I, I don't, That's I can't. True, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, is it? Uh, there's, there's gonna be no one. A lot I of mean, promise. It was, a, it was a lot of promise. Oh so, yeah. I mean, Lindsey's the one you got to point to, but like you said, undrafted. So uh, hard to say that he belongs in the same category as the guys who were flops because you know everybody missed on him. Yeah, I, it's it's uh, it's stunning to me to look at it that way. Um, okay, uh, before uh, we break here, and then uh, we'll we'll take a look at some of the matchups for this week. I know that the big story in fantasy is when you lose a quarterback. Clearly, and I don't think that a lot of people were going to start Darnold in twelve team leagues, but he is out. And I suppose at the time that we're doing this, we're going to wait and see the status of Le'Veon Bell. How, how should people approach the Jets, Jamie, this week? I, I'm not looking at next week. I know there's already been a report, oh, he's going to miss the New England game. This this changes so much. And let, Tell me next Wednesday if Darnold's on the field or not, then I can determine if he's going to play or not. I can't even look at two weeks from now. But for this week against the Browns on Monday night, is it just bench everyone for the Jets? Is there any playable guy? Well, you can't bench Le'Veon. You know, I mean, he may not have the, the monster game even that he had last week, but, you know, he'll, he, he's too good and he'll be too involved in a passing game and Adam Gase. You know, it, it's funny because if there is a situation where you could say quarterback has gotten good production out of backup court, or coach has gotten good production out of backup quarterback. Remember, Adam Gase's first year with the Dolphins, he got stuck with the Ryan Tannehill knee injury and he, you know, ended up getting Matt Moore helping them get to the playoffs. Uh, they got embarrassed by the Steelers in, in the wild card round, but still, you know, he was able to get good production out of a backup that's been around the league. So, I think Simeon will be okay. Um, the problem is, is that Denzel Ward is probably going to eliminate Robbie Anderson, and he probably would have done so with Darnold. So he's an easy guy to get away from. Crowder's the one that is intriguing because 17 targets, 14 catches. You know, he was basically Jarvis Landry in, in the Adam Gase offense, which was fantastic. And so I think he's still a borderline starter in PPR, probably better suited as a number three guy. But that's really it. You know, it's, it's Crowder potentially, Le'Veon for sure. And then the biggest winner of all this is the Browns' defense, which should be able to make some turnovers and get to play there. Yeah, I have the, I have them um, going into Monday night. I didn't think they'd be that good. By the way, just to, to tie a bow on this, if you own Bell, is, is Ty Montgomery the guy, if he's still sitting out on the waiver wire, that you have to own? And if you're a non-Bell owner, Jamie, do you even pick up Ty Montgomery? Yeah, I mean, it depends on your league size and, and, and your roster space. You know, it's, uh, I, I expect Le'Veon to play. You know, he came out of Wednesday's MRI or Thursday's MRI. Uh, with a clean report, you know, I, I'm going to anticipate that he practices probably by Friday or Saturday. Remember, they can practice on Saturday because of the Monday game. So I, I think he'll be fine. Um, but, I, 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 again, yeah, if you have an opportunity to pick up uh, a Ty Montgomery at this point, you know, this is the beginning. You know, this is, okay, the shoulder's bad now, and what if he takes a hit during the game and all of a sudden he's out for a few weeks? You know, their uh, are buys in week four, so that kind of ties into maybe when Darnold may return, you know, week five, if they're able to get him healthy by that point. And, and if Bell does suffer some serious injury during the game, then Ty Montgomery could benefit in a big way. How many years legitimately have you been doing this, honestly? How, 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 do, you, do you keep track? No, do you keep track this or no? My four, four, 
14th year at CBS uh, uh-huh. in this job, and I was playing fantasy since, uh, I think, 95? No, 96. 96. So, 96. Yeah. No, actually, I'm sorry. 90, 97 was the first year I played fantasy. I remember because it was uh, uh, the year of um, when Randall Cunningham took over in Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. yeah and was, I had was... uh, my first... My first ever first round pick was Chris Carter. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, P- that was before PPR, right? Like nobody even thought about PPR. Did, did they think about PPR at that time? I don't think so. Uh, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess no. If it was, it was uh, probably very, very easy. Yeah, it was. It was adjusted, and we'll talk about some of those adjustments in fantasy. More coming up with Jamie Eisenberg of CBS Sports. We got some good start sit questions coming in, and we'll get to those next. You're listening to Fantasy Sports today. Craig Mish along with CBS Sports is Jamie Eisenberg right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Don't go away. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. And welcome back as we approach the second week of the fantasy football season. Of course, we have one week, uh, one game in the books between Carolina and Tampa. If you want to hear Jamie and I's breakdown of what happened in that game, just hit that rewind button if you're listening on demand. Of course, you can hear our show on demand 24-7 by using the iTunes app, Google Play or Android, and of course, Stitcher. Wherever podcasts are heard, you can hear this show and you can catch Jamie over at CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ, Fantasy Football Today. Uh, talks to guys in the game, outside the game, gets really good information and has been doing this, as he just said, uh, 22 years and has been an analyst in fantasy football for more than a decade. Who can say that? A lot of times have changed, certainly. Um, speaking of, of times change, Jamie, and, and last week as an example, I'm playing in a fantasy football league. I had Harrison Butker, the kicker of Kansas City, so I have a partner in this league. And, uh, you know, he texts me, oh, great call, Harrison Butker. And I'm like, listen, don't give me any credit for great call on a kicker, man. <laughs> like, like this is just all luck. How many of the 50 leagues you play in, how many do you still play with, with kickers at this point? And I know there's been some, like, raging debate. Some people feel you shouldn't have them at all. Some people feel like if you want to keep the game as close to reality as possible, you should still have them in there. But I don't know, Jamie, where are you at with that debate? I don't really care one way or the other. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, there's going to be some games where it's just, you know, your, your kicker is going to decide your fantasy fate, but you could probably say, okay, this guy lost a yard along the way that, you know, like um, uh, DJ Moore last night, you know, 89 yards, one more point, you know, gets him to a different threshold from a scoring standpoint, you know, and then your kicker gets a field goal that wins it late in the game. And you say, Oh, that's how I won because the kicker, well, you probably could have won the other way if, you know, your receiver gets that yard. So I don't really look at it as uh, I'm going to get bent out of shape if I don't have a kicker or I'm not going to make on this go, go on this big rant about kickers should be banned for fantasy. Uh, you know, it, there's there's typically enough good kickers in fantasy uh, in the NFL and in fantasy that you should be fine starting one and, you know, occasionally get that, that six field goal game that wins it for you. Okay, that happens. It's a fluke, but, you know, deal with it. All right, so uh, let's let's talk about more important things. The Washington Redskins last week, 
put up a lot of points against Philadelphia. Case Keenum threw for 380 yards. And so let's let's dive into Washington a little bit this week. They're they're obviously underdogs, Jamie, against the Dallas Cowboys. But there are some people that would would feel there's some untapped fantasy potential there because not a lot of guys on Washington were drafted in the first 10 or 15 rounds of any fantasy draft. Darius Geis now looks like he's probably done for the season or at least 8 to 10 weeks, so it's pointless, I think, to own him unless you have an IR spot. But uh, their wide receiver, uh, McLaurin, ended up playing very well. They have some other guys there with some potential. And by the way, who starts at running back? Who plays? Do they go from an inactive Peterson to a guy that's going to get 25, 30 carries? I feel like they're not in love with him anymore, Jamie. So can you dive into Washington's fantasy value in their situation right now? Well, if they're getting 25 to 30 carries out of Peterson, they're winning the game, and you should probably put your money on Washington. If okay. they're not going to get that, which is what I would expect, I think he's you know probably looking at a best-case scenario of 15 total touches, uh, you know, probably 14 carries, one or two catches. I mean, he's not going to be dominant in the passing game. So I prefer Chris Thompson, and I really like Thompson a lot because I do think it's going to be the other way where Dallas is playing with the lead. They're chasing points. And that's where Thompson comes into play in a big way. You know, he's a very good pass catch out of the backfield. What we've seen from him over the last three seasons is when he's been healthy, he's been very productive in PPR. We saw it last week with seven catches. So I think that's going to kind of be the game flow for them is that they're chasing points and Thompson is having a big role in the offense. Uh, so you can start him in PPR, in my opinion. In, in terms of the rest of the pass catchers, I think whoever starts the tight end is a borderline starter. So that means if Jordan Reed is able to clear the concussion protocol, He's a borderline starter. If he's out, we saw last week Vernon Davis find the end zone. He's going to be a good option whenever Jordan Reed is, is not playing. So if you're stuck at tight end as the Hunter Henry owner, that's a guy you can pivot toward. Whoever, again, is the starter for Washington. A lot of people drop Jordan Reed. In terms of McLaurin, look, he's a, a definite pickup. You should, you should keep an eye on what's going to be uh, potentially a fun season for him because this receiving core is non-existent. Uh, you know, they, they got rid of Josh Oxen, probably rightfully so, because he was a bust. And so you're looking at McLaurin. Trey Quinn, Paul Richardson, there's not a dominant guy there. McLaren could be their number one guy and could lead them in target. So uh, great first game, great first NFL debut, and, and I think he's somebody that you just kind of take a stash approach and see what happens coming out of this game. We're talking with Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports. So that was the good last week, a really good week for the Redskins. The bad, ironically, was a team that we thought that we'd be getting a ton of fantasy points in a great matchup against New England, and the Steelers fell flat. So, Jamie, pretty much across the board, it was one of the most disappointing performances in all of fantasy in week one. And also specifically, uh, Vance McDonald didn't get any targets in that first half that all of a sudden had a few in the second half. How are you approaching the Steelers this week? Is it just play all those guys again, and or have you given up on the idea of a, a second emerging wide receiver? They've always seemed to have two guys, Jamie, but do they have a second guy this year? That That's going to be a big, you know, uh discovery game this week to see if you know Dante Moncrief had 10 targets you would have told me before the game that Moncrief gets 10 targets in this offense I would have said he probably has a chance to finish as a potentially top 20 receiver mm-hmm. and he comes out with three catches for seven yards you know I mean he's he's trying to fight through this finger injury that limited him in the preseason but you can't make excuses you can't have 10 targets and finish with seven yards it was just a, an embarrassing performance for him so I, I expect better days ahead. Ben Roethlisberger said they're still going to feature him. But, yes, in terms of the three main guys, if you want to throw McDonald in there as the fourth main guy, um, uh, it just depends on what else you have at the tight end position. I think it's still worth starting. We just saw the Seattle defense give up 
a good game for both Bengals tight ends. You know, you look at what DJ Uzama and Tyler Eifert were able to combine for. I think it was over 90 yards receiving. You know, that's something that McDonald can hopefully build off of. And like you said, didn't have any targets in the first half, but was more involved uh, late in the game in the fourth quarter. So hopefully some momentum carries over there. But I think you look at it this way. Roethlisberger, everything, if you talk about what circumstances are for him, favors him to come out and play well in this game. Home game, he typically plays well at home. Home debuts, season opener, you know, first game in Pittsburgh, he plays well. Coming off a loss, he typically plays well. All those numbers, he's over 25 fantasy points per game in all those categories. So I think he's going to have a big game. We usually do a start of the week here in CBS Sports. He's our start of the week for week number two. So I think he's going to have a huge bounce-back performance, which lends itself to Juju playing well, as well as James Conner. You can't get away from those two guys. Yeah, it it does seem to make sense to me. I think that that was maybe the biggest overreaction going into this week is that, oh, the, the Steelers are not good. It was one week, and they are back at home. You're right. That's a great point. They do bounce back a lot. Um, in the mystery game of the week, San Francisco plays Cincinnati. Probably nobody interested in watching that from a reality point of view unless you have money on it of some kind. But, of course, this is fantasy. So... Wide open, I would say, Jamie, if Mixon doesn't play at running back for Cincinnati. And what will San Francisco do at running back? This is the second straight year where I feel like they're shuffling guys in and out. So uh, where where are the targets and where are the carries coming from both those two teams this week? Yeah, for Cincinnati, I think, you know, Dalton's not a bad streaming option. I, I think you saw the Tampa Bay secondary, excuse me, the San Francisco secondary play well. How much of that was Jameis? Um, <clears throat> Giovanni Bernard's a must-start running back if Joe Mixon's out. If Mixon plays, you're starting him, so just keep an eye on that situation. And then, I, I, I mean, look, you got to be impressed with what John Ross did. You know, we talk about all the time, third-year breakout receivers, and he's been miserable through two seasons, except for one little caveat. If you go back to last year, A.J. Green missed seven games. In those seven games, John Ross scored five touchdowns. He did very little on top of it, but he found the end zone five times. So now you come back week one, no A.J. Green. And new offensive uh, system, new coach was Zach Taylor. And all of a sudden, John Ross is heavily involved, blows up performance. So I don't know if I'm starting him this week, but very similar to what we talked about with McLaurin. If you want to just take a wait-and-see approach, John Ross could have some very good moments until A.J. Green comes back. So uh, Tyler Boyd is a must-start receiver. You know, a little bit of an underlying story there is that because John Ross was so good, he still had 11 targets, 8 catches, only 60 yards. But I think he'll do much better this week against San Francisco. The 49ers side of things, look, you're starting Matt Breida. If you need him, I think he's a borderline starter, you know, depending on what your roster looks like because he'll get the majority of carries now with Tevin Coleman out. If you're desperate, Raheem Mostert should be the second guy. I don't know what they're going to do with Jeff Wilson, who they're going to elevate from the practice squad, but uh, I think Breida should get the majority of touches there and is worth buying into. And then it's George Kittle in the passing game, and that's it. Until we see one of these receivers step up for San Francisco, that was really embarrassing last week because Richie James scored a touchdown. But Marquise Goodwin had nothing. Dante Pettis, who a lot of people bought into, had nothing. You know, so we need to see somebody step up in this passing game because it can't just be George Kittle on the running back. All right, uh, let's wrap it up here with Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports and CBSSports.com. Of course, we have those games uh, Sunday night with some high totals. Of course, uh, the Rams... No doubt. Saints, no doubt. They got the offense there. And then uh, after that game is over, that's the late game. And then the uh, latest game on Sunday night is Atlanta taking on Philadelphia. But for you, Jamie, where are the the key points this week in fantasy from either a DFS perspective or just guys that you could see having really big games, even if they're not even a starter-sit question? Who has to be in your lineup this week? I think that, well, first off, the guys that have to be in your lineup, I'm not going to do any DFS lineups without one of... 
Sammy Watkins or Tyrell Williams in that game between the Chiefs and the Raiders. And I think the Raiders have a lot of blow-up potential. You saw it from Tyrell Williams. You saw it from Darren Waller playing really well in the first game without Antonio Brown. But Derek Carr, if you look at his last two home games against the Chiefs, you know the Chiefs are going to put up a huge number against that Raiders defense, especially with Abrams now out in the back end of their defense. So I think you see Derek Carr chasing points. I was impressed with the way that he played. Didn't have a big fantasy game against the Broncos. But, you know, 22 of 26, he looked really comfortable in, in John Gruden's offense for the second year. So I think if you're desperate, you can go with Derek Carr in seasonal. But you could also in daily go with Carr and a Raiders stack of Tyrell Williams or Darren Waller. And, again, Watkins stepping up in place of – um, Tyreek Hill, that's going to be a big stretch of games for him coming up. But one of my favorite plays this week, I think it's going to be the breakout game for Devin Singletary. I like mm. what I saw from him last week against the Jets. They, they kind of were a little stupid with their play calling early in the game where they were throwing the ball all over the place. It did flip on a dime the game when T.J. Mosley went out with the injury, so keep that in mind. But the Giants, as well as they played in terms of limiting Ezekiel Elliott, I think this is going to be Devin Singletary, 15-plus touches. And in those 15-plus touches, I could see him going for 100 yards in a touchdown, 100 total yards in a touchdown. Yeah, man, I hope so, but come on, man. Gore, you know old gold man Gore. They love giving this guy the ball last year, this year. Oh. This is this is not Adam Gase. This is a smarter coach than that with Sean McDermott and Brian Davis. I hope so, man. I really do. But, I mean, even with – didn't the co- – I mean, yeah, I guess we, we're not going to believe anything the coaching staff says. Duh, Frank Gore is still our starter. That's what they said earlier this week. I mean, it's such nonsense. It's very clear. You saw him play at FAU. Let him start. Let him start. Give him, give him a couple carries early in the game and then get the speed bump out of the way for the fast kick. I agree with you. I've been – my co-host Joe Pizapia, uh has, has fought to have him in lineups last week, this week. I'm still – and I have him, Jamie, and I'm still like, eh, I don't know, man. Like, I, this is I, the week. I'm telling you, this is the week. Big okay. breakout game coming. All right. I'm putting him in. There it is. Jamie Eisenberg, the expert, CBS Sports, cbsports.com. Catch him over on CBS HQ. Fantasy football today. Jamie and I have been uh, friends and fantasy competitors for almost 20 years. Yeah, we are getting old. And now we're literally competitors. Who knows? Pretty soon, too. <laughs> All right, Jamie. Thanks again. Have a great day. Always appreciate participating in the show. Yeah, everybody. Have a good weekend. All right, there he is, Jamie Eisenberg, at Jamie Eisenberg on Twitter, CBS Sports, cbssports.com. Don't forget, if you missed any of this interview or any of the interviews that we do, you can catch them on demand on the FNTSY app. We populate these every single day, and if you want to listen to it as a podcast, very simply, please like and subscribe. Give us five stars. Maybe throw my name in there as well, Craig Mish. This way, when you search for fantasy, our show comes up first or second or third. Any way you like it, that's what we do. We also talk sports betting and everything else on this show, but coming up next, We do a little exit velocity before we end our program and end the week of fantasy sports today. So don't go anywhere. More of me and a little exit velo before we send it over to full-time fantasy coming up at the top of the hour. This is Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish. We'll be right back.
Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. I am Craig Mish. We are getting ready to send this show off until the weekend. Don't forget to catch all the guys over at the FanDuel Sportsbook this weekend at the Meadowlands. Catch our great programming over on Zumo TV. But enough of promotion. Let's get right to it with a little exit velocity. I feel the need. The need for speed. Ow! Exit velocity. All right, we end the show today with a little exit velo. I don't know if you guys caught this story. Nothing to do with sports. They found the remains of a man missing for 22 years. Thanks to somebody on the Internet looking at Google Earth. Someone checking out a picture on Google Earth noticed that there was a car in the middle of a lake. Not investigators. Not people looking for this man who's been missing. But they found the man who passed away uh, nearly 22 years ago. His car went into a lake, and they found him. Technology is amazing. I never thought 5, 10, 15 years ago the kind of things that we have that we're being able to figure out. But good job by this person who was online. And you know what's going to happen immediately now that you hear this story? Everyone is going to be searching Google Earth for different things around the world, and I love it. That'll do it for the show. Thanks to everybody who listened in. And again, thanks to our producer today, Sean Guastamaki. Also, thanks to Chris Pavona for doing some of the recording on the show. Also, Brad Ziegler was on the first hour. Jamie Eisenberg on the second hour. And that will do it for me this week. Full-time fantasy is coming up next. I'm Craig Mish. Hope you guys have a great weekend of both fantasy, gambling, and reality. And I'll talk to you guys again Monday at noon. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.